0: Hey, this is Pastor Mike. Welcome to the V1 Church Podcast. When you hit that button, I know you were thinking, I'm going to learn scripture, invest in myself, get my mind right, and go to the next level. So that's exactly what's about to happen. As a matter of fact, this sermon is the sermon to kick off 2021. Yeah, it's going to be good in 2041, but it's going to be really good right now for you. So I want you to buckle in, get ready to take notes. In the very least, I need you to dialogue with the Holy Spirit in your mind and say, what are you saying to me through this word? And then guys, on the other end of this sermon, i got a special word for you. So stay locked in all the way till the end. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike. Thank you for joining us today for service. Why don't you start by dropping a comment? Let me know where you're watching from. I love to see all the locations represented. And as a matter of fact, if you're at a watch party, um, let's just get so loud we annoy the neighbors. So, can I hear you shout? We're right here live on Long Island right now. So wherever you're watching from, you are family today. I know that we have multiple countries represented. We are so happy to see our Western European uh, countries and watch parties growing like crazy right now. And uh, so go ahead and take out your notes. As a matter of fact, if you open up the V1 Church app from your mobile phone, you can follow along uh, with my notes and make sure you don't miss anything. And uh, we love the word. Actually, I'm gonna be in Deuteronomy today. And so go ahead and find it. You can open your Bibles. We're going to start in Deuteronomy chapter one. Now, this is officially the first service of 2021. And um, I have never been more excited to say goodbye to a year (laughs) in my entire life. And I know that in some ways it's a new beginning and in some ways it's a continuation. And I actually have a word from the Lord that is... um, resonating with me in a profound way. And I just believe this could be one of those sermons that you never forget. But I want to set some expectations for a sermon. The best sermon that you ever heard is the one that you applied. It's the one that you actually put a demand on and said, God, I I want to eat of this word. You know, I have two daughters and one of them will eat anything I cook and the other one will eat nothing that I cook. It's the same meal, uh, but one swears it's the best meal of their life and the other one's like, no, dad, this is not uh, chicken nuggets, dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. And so if you want this sermon to be dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets, it's not happening. Um, But as your pastor, I've got a word for you, and I want you to receive this word. So make sure that you're writing notes down. Make sure that you're meditating. Oftentimes, um, have you found Deuteronomy yet? I'm I'm trying to buy you some time. Um, But oftentimes, you know, It's not always the volume of scripture, but it's the meditation of the word. And I know you can eat food too fast and not even taste it on its way down. It's possible to read a lot of scripture in a service and meditate on none of it and receive nothing. You know, none of us are going to match first century Jews that memorize whole chunks of the Torah. Uh, You're probably not going to memorize more scripture than them. Um, And yet when Jesus Christ was right in front of them, they couldn't even recognize them them. And so it's possible to not even recognize God at work in your life, even while it's all around you. So I want you to really do something. You know, for me as a preacher, what happens is when the man of God or the woman of God is preaching, oftentimes there's three voices that I'm hearing one is the voice of scripture, two is the voice of me as a person. You know, you have that internal dialogue inside yourself, and then sometimes it's even the voice of the enemy or a distraction. And so just put, do not disturb on your device right now, lock in and just receive from God what he's got for you. So Deuteronomy chapter one starts like this. These are the words that Moses spoke to Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness. Verse two it is 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea verse 3 in the 40th year on the first day of the 11th month Moses spoke to the people of Israel according to all that the Lord had given him in commandment to them verse 4 and he had defeated Sion and the kings of the Amorites and lived in Heshbon some of you are like I have no idea where or what he's talking about just follow along verse 5 beyond the Jordan and the land of Moab, Moses under, watch this, Moses undertook to explain the law, saying, the Lord our God said to us at Horeb, now listen to this, this is everything, don't miss this, you have stayed long enough at this mountain. Let's just stop, let's pray. Father, lives are on the line. There's believers that have crossed the calendar date into 2021, but they have stayed too long on the mountain at Sinai. And your word is going forth today to cause them to get up off that mountain and to move into the next season because we've stayed too long. Too long in negative thinking, too long in debt, too long in dysfunction, too long in depression. Oh, I wish somebody heard me today. We have stayed too long and we're getting ready to move. If you believe it, would somebody just say amen? Oh, verse seven turn and take your journey and go to the hill country, watch this, of the Amorites and to all their neighbors in the Araba and in the hill country in the lowland. Now, watch. I just got to break this down and and I love biblical history because What had happened at this particular point is that the children of Israel had come up out of slavery and now spent 40 years wandering. Now, 40 years is long enough for a generational changeover. And so you've got Moses over 100 years young. Come on, do we have our lead generation watching right now? You're retired, but inspired. Come on. So uh, I'll tell you what, our lead generation of this church is on fire. And um, my parents, retired, sold their house, that they spent a lifetime accumulating all, you know, the teakwood floors. Come on, somebody. And uh, they had Harley Davidson motorcycles that they toured the U.S. And they said, we're cashing it all in to retire to Long Island. Now, listen, let me just tell you something, because I know we got people watching from all all over. You don't retire to Long Island. (laughs) And it was funny because I said about V1 Church, I said, if V1 Church is just a whole bunch of 20-something-year-old hipsters, I don't want to be a part of it. And I'm not hating on the hipsters because I know some hipster just started a blog right after I said that. (laughs) But I said, what the prophet Joel said, in the last days, you will pour out your spirit among all flesh. And and it said, your your old men will dream dreams. And I said, God, I need some dreamers in this church. Come on, it says that your sons and daughters will prophesy. And when my parents sold everything to move out here, it was a sign to me that a multi-generational movement had begun at V1 Church. And now it's our lead generation that's leading our Western European Connect groups. And so my parents and others that Are retired, have their mornings available because it's the evening in London and they're shepherding and discipling and stewarding people all around the world now. Isn't that amazing? And see, what happened was the church had been too long in the same methodology. The traditions, the legalism, and all the ways that we did things, and I believe this pandemic, maybe God didn't do it because we know that he's not in the business of killing, stealing, and destroying, but he knew it was going to happen because divinely he was saying, you stayed too long. The best thing that ever happened to our church was the pandemic. I know nobody wants to hear that, but sometimes God has to remove the fluff out of your nest to reveal the thorns so you learn how to fly. Oh, I'm going to get up. <laughs> and I'm talking about 2021. You've stayed too long. And sometimes God will bring you to that place. And, and, you know, isn't it a funny thing that you can be just comfortable enough in your discomfort to stay too long? Have you ever stayed too long on a job? You're like, I know my boss hates me. And I stayed a little too long and made him hate me more. <laughs> Have you ever stayed too long in a relationship? and the sovereign God through the Holy Spirit was telling you to get out and you passed up every alarm. Isn't it funny how we get like a spiritual deafness when it comes to relationships and we knew it was toxic, but we stayed too long. It's getting real quiet in here now. I'm just gonna be real because um, I don't think that V1 Church is for everyone. When people are like, man, this isn't the church for us. I'm like, God bless you. I know there is one for you. Uh, but we've got a wine skin and we're figuring it out. I'm not a perfect pastor and I, and but I'm on a mission to hear from God and get better and grow. but you know what it's possible to stay at a church too long. Yeah. Can I just say that as a lead pastor is that okay? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be known for our seating capacity. I want to be known for our sending capacity. And and we're gonna launch and release people into the fullness of their calling. But sometimes you, not just V1, I'm saying sometimes people come to V1 and they say, pastor, I stayed at my last church for too long. And so you can stay too long. You know, Mount Sinai and this this mountain that we have, Horeb, was a very spiritually significant place. God did some incredible things in that location. And when Moses is talking to this new generation, he's going up there as Old Man Moses now. In the book of Deuteronomy, in the first chapter, he's breaking it down and he's giving them the history and he's giving them the lineage because sometimes the new thing is the old thing being repeated. And sometimes the new thing is a new thing and you have to be able to discern and know. And what Moses was saying was there came a point on, on that mountain, on Horeb, where he had to tell us, you've been there too long. And now he's telling the young bloods, he's saying, hey, and I'm telling you where we're at right now, we've been here too long and it's time to move in the next direction. And sometimes we hate when our routine is upset. Come on, I know I'm talking to some control freaks anonymous. (laughs) And we all have our routine. And the fastest way to make somebody crazy is is take the routine. That's torture. You take their routine. We get used to religion. Well, I wake up at this time, and some of you are strategically late to church every Sunday because you have a routine. (laughs) and some of us are strategically late to work and we're saying we're we're holding an extra large Dunkin Donut in our hand telling our boss how we got stuck in traffic that's going to be awkward when Jesus reveals our life back to us like I died on the cross so you could lie about that Dunkin Donuts on your way to work on Long Island (laughs) you kidding me We get used, Moses is 120 years young and he's got a lot of things wrong, but he's got a lot of things right for God. And he's giving this briefing to this new generation. And this is something that I don't think that you understand. I'm just giving you more background. Okay. When he, in Deuteronomy, as he's trying to push them, he, there this, really the, the audience for this message was father's. I want you to understand the audience for Deuteronomy. Now, if you're a mother, if you're single and you're listening right now, this is also for you. But I need you to understand that more specifically, the book of Deuteronomy was intended for the ears of fathers because there was a transmission that was taking place generationally. And there was another young guy who was listening by the name of Joshua. And see, Joshua's destiny was to be uncompromised. Joshua's destiny was to fight everything that was blocking the people of God from coming into the fullness of what they have. And I'm here to tell you, I believe that in 2021, we've got a Joshua generation that's rising up right now, who's saying we are going to be uncompromised in the gospel. We're going to be uncompromised in our walk, and we are going to step into the fullness of what God has designated for us. Does anybody watching believe this? Listen, if you know this word needs to hear, be heard by more people, I need you to hit that share button. And the reason why I say that is because some of you are like, church shut down. And I've got pastors hitting me up because they've got old mindsets. And they're like, you know, what can we do? Pastor Mike, I can't do it like we used to. I said, guess what? V1 Church just turned everybody into a digital missionary. I can't reach your timeline. I'm preaching. This is what God called me to do. He called you to reach the people only you can reach and you could do it with a share. So go ahead and hit that share button if you haven't already. Now, listen, I've got more. I have never seen this before in scripture, but Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, now Deuteronomy. You've got the Torah There is an accumulation of all the promises of God concerning the nation of Israel. And when you tally up the total sum of all the square miles that he told them was theirs, follow me, it was 300,000 square miles was promised to them. 300,000 square miles. God Almighty, over all the heavens, all the earth, the entire universe, the one who spoke it into existence, said, you are my children, and I am going to cause you to rule and reign over 300,000 square miles. But now this is where it goes deeper. Did you know, did you know that at their apex, under David and Solomon's reign, they only ever occupied 30,000 square miles? Isn't that deep? So the time that they thought they were killing it, when they thought, man, the favor and the mighty hand of God is over us, under David and Solomon, at their peak, they only occupied one-tenth of what God promised them. One-tenth! It's 2021. How many of you have been living in one-tenth of the promises that God's got for you? Y'all didn't hear me. It's 2021. How many of you have only been operating in one-tenth of the power that you have through prayer? How many of you have only been experiencing, and see, this is the, I think what was stirring. I believe that when Joshua was seated, listened to Moses tell the story and recount, there was something igniting inside of Joshua who was saying, I'm going to be the one who takes all 300,000. Oh man, I got chills all over me right now. I believe it was Caleb who was looking at Joshua like, you, you thinking what I'm thinking? And Joshua and like, oh yeah, we're going to tear up a whole bunch of giants and we're going to take all 300,000 square miles of this promise. And I'm believing by faith that we are not content with the Bible belt being the only part that God can occupy in the United States, but that revival starts breaking out. And so that the Northeast becomes a Bible belt, the Southeast, the Northwest, come on. I'm not content with knowing that you can't preach the gospel publicly in Morocco, but I'm believing that Muslim nations are, are gonna actually be turned upside down in this next era because I wanna occupy everything that God promised. Did you know that when we first launched our Queens campus within the first couple of weeks, that there was a Muslim young man who went to his mosque and challenged them and asked them questions in uh, in the right heart because his soul wasn't being satiated by what he was learning from Islam. And they got so mad at him in response that they, they excommunicated him, banished him from the mosque. And out, in an act of rebellion, he typed in Christian churches, Queens, New York, York City, and then the first result was V1 Queens. He walks up into the movie theater with a hillbilly from Indiana preaching the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. He starts getting wrecked because he gets a realization that Jesus is so much more than a prophet. He is the Messiah. He gives his life to Jesus Christ. He is a blubbering, crying mess talking to me after service, telling me this story. And he said, today I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. So there is no corner of New York City that we shouldn't be able to occupy in 2021. There is no community, no block, no street that we can't be given supernatural access to it. And I'm not gonna live like a beggar when he's called me to rule and reign like kings and queens over queens. Oh, y'all don't even know. It's 2021. It's 2021. What did God promise When you look at this, it's like God has given you so much, but you can just be living off the scraps, living off the bare minimums. Some of you are so exhausted. You're like, man, all this turns into is motivation. And then I go right back into it. And see, there's something about doing it together. It's the we over the me. And see, God doesn't often provision journeys of individuals. Matter of fact, when the disciples said, hey, Jesus, we know that you're transacting so much power from that place of prayer. The only thing recorded in scripture that they ever asked Jesus how to teach them was to pray because they knew that that was the anchor. They knew that that was the conduit for all power. And you know how he prayed? Sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. You hear that? (laughs) Siri is not getting the word today. (laughs) The only thing, come on. The only thing that they asked him how to do was was to pray because they knew that that was the conduit for all the power. But even when Jesus prayed and taught them how to pray, he didn't pray like an evangelical American Christian that prays me, 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 I, 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 I. He said, us, give us today our daily bread. That's a revelation, because we've become so individualistic that we miss that the way that we're going to come into the promise, the fullness that we have is the we over the me. I can't do this alone, but I'll sell my house. If you sell your house, I'll sell my Harley. If you sell yours, I'll do this. And when I look at V1 church and what this church has become, it's people from every nation, every tongue, tribe, and creed who's come together and said, I know it's radical because there's a church physically meeting down the street, but I'm going to meet digitally in my living room because God's calling me to be a part of this thing. Hey, I know it's radical to open up Zoom and believe that kingdom come through Zoom as it is in heaven. I know that this is wild. I know this is crazy, but I've been on this mountain for too long. And he said, it's time to move. And I'm telling you, the church is finding new ways. You know, my wife begged me for years to do a daily life. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't preach for the income, I preach for the outcome. And I don't preach for the limelight. I preach to shed his light. And there's so much about me that resisted broadcasting because I was like, I don't want to be in the limelight. I don't want to do that. But I stepped outside of myself and I said, we've got to find another way. And then our church literally grew by over 2000 people in nine months by real membership. People who said, I'm committing my life. I'm going through growth track. I'm literally going to go from not just watch this, not just attending a connect group now, but leading one. Myself. I used to be addicted, but now I'm free from my addiction, so I'm gonna co-lead the recovery group. I used to be a woman who felt all alone, but I got engrafted into a women's group and now I'm leading a women's group. I, I I used to be the one singing with the worship team, and now I'm singing on the worship team. We've even got people from our digital community rising up who are saying, Pastor Mike, I know this sounds crazy, but can I lead from a distance? And I'm like, Yeah, God's in the business of doing some crazy things. And see, it's like over and over and over again in scripture, and we see this so many times, God does things that are so outside of our realm of understanding. And what Moses is trying to help them understand is that if we would have stayed on that mountain Horeb, if we would have stayed on Sinai, the thing that was a blessing in one season would have become a hindrance in the next season. The thing that was provision in one season actually becomes preventative in the next season, preventing you from going into the next thing. And so you've got to know when to move. But what Moses was actually doing was lighting the torch of a Joshua and a Caleb and a next generation that said, they may not understand why we do it. They may not understand the way we do it, but they cannot deny the results of it. Because when Muslims are coming into the kingdom, come on, when atheists and agnostics are saying, suddenly I have faith to believe, when Satanists and pagans are literally, Literally leaving out of that, 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 that demonic infrastructure and saying, I want to serve the true and living God. They can't deny the fruit. It can't deny the fruit, even though they didn't understand the method. And what I see happening like never before is as people are moving into this promised land, your marriage, it might not look like other people's marriage, but that doesn't mean it can't bear the fruit that God destined it to bear. Your singleness and how you uphold God's standard for righteousness may not look normal to your friends. You might get laughed at. You know, it's about time we start reminding people that we are walking a very narrow road, but that road leads to life and life more abundantly. I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, just on this stage alone, we're a whole bunch of misfits. Every single person that you know from this church is somebody who said, you know what? My father and my father's father only ever occupied at the height of their success, at the pinnacle of their relationships, one-tenth of the fullness of what God had. And I know how horribly inconsistent I can be and how sinful I can be. And I know how seemingly impossible it would be for me to be the one. You think about that. Like, who am I, God? But you know, that the freedom occurs when you say, you're right, Jesus didn't call one disciple, He called 12. And then after He sent the 12, He sent the 70, and then He commissioned all of us because Jesus said, I'm the Messiah and I'm not gonna do it alone because I'm gonna prove to you that's not the way you should do it either. And so I I can't be a good husband alone, but I say, Tim, let's try to be the best husbands we can together. I'll pick you up, you pick me up. And as we bear each other's burden, we fulfill the law of Christ. I, I don't know how to be a good dad, but, but you know what, Eric? Like, I know you're turning knobs and right now you're running sound, but as you try to be a good father and I try to be a good father, give us today our daily bread, God. As you meet my need, meet my brother's need. And I'll bear your burden and you bear mine. And what I have is yours and what you have is mine. And that, that's something that politics haven't ever figured out how to do. You understand that, right? Right. That, that's something that, that only we should be, this the shining beacon, the light who says in 2021, in the midst of an economic downturn, a pandemic, politics, and a divisive season, the church got up off that mountain and started to move into the promise. And it, and it wasn't revival that was just singing some good songs that made people shout. It was actually fathers being better fathers it was. It's actually mothers rising up and saying, I'm not gonna bend my need of fear and anxiety because he said that today he'll meet all my needs according to his riches and his glory. So I'm tapped out, but I've got an eternal supply on the inside. I'm moving into the fullness. I, I don't want just a little bit of joy. I want all of it because he died on that cross, not for me to be half delivered, not to be, come on, but for me to be completely and totally free and whom the sun sets free is free a little bit in modern Christianity. But I'm declaring that in 2021, you're stepping into your fullness and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on, I wish somebody would be stirred. I'm praying that there's some Joshua's and some Caleb's. Come on, I even want some Moses to begin to rise up and commission them. Come on, tell the stories of old. Tell us what God did for you in the 80s. Tell us what God did for you in the 90s because the, the spirit of prophecy rises up and says, now, God, do it again for this generation. Do it again in 2021. Do it again right now. God, do it again for us. I got one more thing. I just got a few more minutes. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 says this. Now, in such a profound way, the Holy Spirit begin to partner with me and say, Mike, there's gonna be some people watching because what happens all the time is we have this keen awareness of how much we failed in the previous year. And then we're like, new year, new me, right? And We go to the gym for like four weeks. That's how you get this physique if you're wondering. <laughs> and some of you are struggling and then you have this momentary inspiration. I'm not asking for inspiration or motivation because actually that will, you will end up in a worse condition if that's your only tool to get through life. You wanna know the way of the kingdom? It's surrender. It's surrender. We looked at Deuteronomy. Now I want us to look at the new covenant. I want us to look in Matthew chapter eight, verse 18 through 22. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, we got a crowd watching online. This broadcast literally reaches our pages through the pandemic, started reaching 2.2 million people a month. So that's a crowd. But, but if you serve the true Jesus, you'll realize he knows how to, how to thin out a crowd. <laughs> and he says this, now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. I wonder if he was thinking about Moses and Deuteronomy saying it's time to get up off this mountain. So he tells the crowd, hey, It's time to go to the other side. Jesus is now leading them in saying, you can't stay where you're at anymore. The revelation that I want to give you is waiting for you over here, but you're not going to be able to access this new revelation if you stay in this old location. I'm just going to say it again. You're not going to be able to access this new revelation if you stay in this old location. And so he says, you got to move. You've got to go over to the other side. Now, nothing Jesus did was ever an accident. So even going to the other side had huge implications. Watch this, verse 19. And a scribe, A smarty pants, a professional Christian, a legalistic Christian, somebody who thought they knew, right? Come on, you know who I'm talking about. Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. I'm teacher's pet. And he says, really? Because foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And then another one of the disciples said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Like, I hear you calling me to the other side. I hear you calling me to a greater level of commitment, but there's some things that I want to clean up. Like, let me text that girl one more time to break off the relationship. Come on. Let let me just pray about it. That's my favorite religious thing. Really, that's funny, because you haven't prayed in weeks about anything else. Was that too raw? But he says this, Just let me go do this, God. But see, what Jesus was speaking to wasn't the burial, it was the hesitation. He was speaking to the hesitation. And so the Lord told me in a profound way, there's people, you've been hesitating. You've been hesitating. And you can hear a message like this. And it says, come on over to the other side. And you're hesitating. But he says, Lord, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. And so here's what my call is. And I hope that this message starts the catalyst for the movement and the revival that is God showing me in the spirit. Let dead religion bury itself in this season. If, if there, Come on. Let dead religion bury itself. Don't keep trying to nurse something that is a perversion of the fullness that God had in the first place. Come on. You can actually memorialize Horeb when God's calling you to Canaan. Come on. And so God's trying to help somebody understand. Let the dead bury their... That relationship's been dead. Let that dead relationship bury itself. Move into the fullness of what God's got for you. Now... I'm I'm telling you, somebody's being stirred in their spirit now. You know what I'm talking about. It's not even worth, people say, I'm just gonna do it for closure. You're not gonna find closure in the way that you think you're gonna find it. Sometimes the best way to find closure is to start the next chapter. Turn the page, turn the page. 2021, your closure is found in your journey. It's time to Move. It's time to move. Come on, let's pray. Right now, God's calling some people. I actually believe that as many of you are obedient to share this message, as many of you said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna be a digital missionary. The reason why I asked you earlier in this sermon is because somebody just joined on in the last few moments. And it's somebody who's saying, I made a commitment in 2021, I'm gonna follow Jesus with all I have. I made a commitment. I don't understand it. I don't know what that means. I just know I'm gonna follow him. And guess what? Romans chapter 10. Oh, and this is this is something that the Lord has been confess with your, your mouth, believe in your heart that He is the Lord and you will be saved. You will be saved. Right now it's just that simple and then we'll take you on a journey of discipleship through this church. We will disciple you through the dream team, where you will come in through different essential things that you need to learn in your faith. We will disciple you through a connect group. We will disciple you through the daily broadcast as we go through scripture, but you don't have to go through life alone anymore. And I believe that God, the Holy Spirit has arrested your heart. So we're going to pray right now, and then we're just going to lift up a song, and I believe this is going to be the first song that you sing on the other side of a commitment of your going to move. You ready? Okay, so just borrow this preacher's words, and I believe that right there in your home, right there in the place where you experience the tragedy, right there in the place where you experience all the nightmares, right there wherever you are. Some of you are in a car. Maybe you even pulled over to the side of the road because you didn't expect to watch this, but the Holy Spirit grabbed your heart, and right now he's speaking to you. Just use my words. Come on. I feel this right now. Come on. Just, just use my words. Say, Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. This year, I devote myself to you. A year of new beginnings. I'm moving in this direction for you. In Jesus' name, come on, just shout an amen wherever you're at. Amen, amen. Come on, let's just sing this out. Well, hey, I need you to do something. We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting, so download the V1 Church mobile app. There is a Pray First guide, and I am systematically teaching through all the different ways in which we pray. And so here's the deal. If you're missing out on that opportunity, you're missing out. This is your chance to pray like you've never prayed before and learn how to pray. So download the V1 Church mobile app by going to your app store. I know most of you are team iPhone because that's how we roll at V1 Church. I'm just kidding, but search V1 Church in your app store and download it now. Go ahead and do it right now.